This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Let's bow our heads today for prayer. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your grace and your goodness. And I thank you for what's happening right now on every single one of the campuses. Lord, I pray for every other pastor who is speaking. Let there be an unction of the Holy Spirit fire burn inside of them. Come on, I want somebody to agree with me. Lord, let it be like fire shut up in their bones. And Lord, I thank you that souls are going to be saved, uh, not only in our churches, but in every church that is preaching the gospel of Christ today. Thank you, Father. Now speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You know, as we've been studying a new series we began just a few weeks ago entitled Belief, I I think it's important that we we remember why we began the series. The word believe throughout the scripture is mentioned almost more than any other particular word. Hundreds of times, almost 400 times, the word tells us you must believe. Believe me when I say believe. One third of those times are all compacted into the book of John. As John became centered upon this truth of belief, and so today, we, we thank you for sharing that passage. We have Romans chapter number 10 and verse number 9 that I began to ask you a few weeks ago. Instead, of, I used to preach a message and think it could solve all your problems. Then I realized that I was still trying to uh, grow into the truth that I was preaching you. And then I, I figured out that maybe a series would help. And then I figured out that the best hope that we have is to actually obey the word of God that says, I will hide your word in my heart that I might not sin against God. Now, look, I said it jokingly. I said, if you'll memorize this scripture, and I've challenged our entire congregation to memorize this scripture, I will be happy to provide one Sunday morning an area that only the people who have quoted the scripture can get something and they can go in and they can have a Krispy Kreme donut. <laughs> I was saying it jokingly, but we see that Pastor Danny has quoted his three times this morning. Amen. All right. He's, a, he's, he's almost half a dozen. Here we go. All right. But one of our staff members, one of our pastors, took it quite literally and made a beautiful graphic with a Krispy Kreme donut. That's one of the most beautiful logos I've ever seen because War Hill's right in the middle of the donut. And I was like, oh, the Lord is good. So I'm going to encourage you. They're going to start giving those out. And look, it would be a shame for me to have to eat your donut. So memorize this truth. Because if you can get it in your heart, when you've forgotten my words, You won't forget his. You see, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, we're going to talk about that until we finally figure that out. The series is designed to take us all the way through Pentecost because you'll never walk in the power of Pentecost if you can't believe today. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. 
And it is by openly declaring your faith, openly declaring your faith that you are saved. You see, your belief has to become something that is not only a private held issue, it must become obvious to everyone else. What you believe is so significant. Now, I shared a word with you to understand, not so you just learn a little Greek, but so that you can understand that that the, the word that is used most often in the book of John and throughout the New Testament for belief is the word uh, pistiwo. And it's like you have a piece, you have some tea, and then woe, like as in a horse. Pistiwo. Now, why is that important? That's important because we have to understand that different words are translated different ways. That if you write a word uh, one way, it might say live or live. You, you know, it's the way that you, you write a word, the way you use a word is determined uh, what the real meaning of that is. Well, pastivo has very two very distinct meanings that we've learned so far. The first is this, that it is a belief that we accept the truth of something and trust in something or somebody. Okay, that we in, we entrust the the things that we value into their hands. If I don't believe in you, if you come up to me and say, "Hey, I want to do this," and I don't believe in you, then I'm not probably going to loan that to you. That's just how it is. Let me just give you a better illustration than that. A few years ago, one of our associate pastors at one of our Spanish uh, churches, he, he said to me, he said, uh, hey, pastor, I know you're going on vacation. You know, I've got this big, big SUV. Why don't you just drive my SUV? And I said, you would let me borrow your SUV? And he said, oh, yeah. He said, you're more than welcome to borrow my SUV. And so I, I borrowed his SUV. And man, I was driving in style. Now, don't you make fun of me because it was a Chevy, but I was driving in style, okay? And, and I'm driving down through there. And as I'm driving down through there, I'm I'm thinking about how blessed I am, and I just was so blessed that I didn't have to rent something, and that that I, and we weren't crammed in there. I thought, you know, I'm just going to let him know how much this means to me. And so when we got back, I took his car and had the oil changed, filled it up with gas, had it detailed. I was feeling pretty good about it. Took it to his house. I drop it off, give him the keys and leave. I guess so he goes in to move it or park it where he wants to. And I'm just down the road and my phone rings. And I said, I said, Hey, uh, what's going on? Uh, Fernando, what's going on? He said, uh, Pastor, I called you about my car. And I thought, Oh Lord, what broke? He said, Pastor, he said, the tank is full of gas. I said, Well, yeah. He said, you've had it detailed. I said, Yeah. He said, and is this a new oil sticker? I said, yeah. He said, you did all of that? He said, when my family borrows my car, they bring it back dirty and it's empty. He said, can you do me a favor? I said, what? He said, can you borrow my car once a month, please? <laughs> you see, it was the way that I handled it that he caused him to say, I trust you with it. Can I just tell you that the reason that some of you have not learned to walk in the victory and the power of God yet is because you have been let down by so many people in your life, you don't know if you can trust God or not. You don't know if you can really put your life in His hands because humanity 
fails you. And I understand that because I feel that, that, that in so many ways, I, as I was walking out here earlier, just to, I just, I, I, my, my grandson came to church for the first time Wednesday night and I didn't even get to see him. And I was just trying to go out there and see him for just a moment. And, and, and I felt like I was letting some of the, the members down and I felt like I was, I was letting my family down. And I, I just felt so torn in that moment. And I, I realized that, that, that we in our humanity, whether we mean to or not, we let people down. It happens. But because so many people have let you down, you don't really know if you can trust in God. And it keeps you from walking in the power of the next stage of pastiwo belief, which means this, to have an inner conviction that is motivated by our highest aspirations. It means that, that I believe because I have trusted my life to Christ that there's something that he's doing on the inside of me that will help me be better than I am today. That there's a better out there and it's not just a dream, but it's a reality. That there's a power out there. I feel the Holy Spirit as I'm yet even speaking to you. That, that your family can be better. That your marriage can be better. That your relationship can be better. That God can make you better. Because when you pastiwo in Christ, it makes you realize that you're not called to be bound. You're called to be free. You're not called to be defeated. You're called to be more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. And this is the power of his word. And so we understand as we've learned that the way that I can tell if I'm really walking in these definitions is action becomes the standard of measurement of my belief. So in other words, if I'm not acting upon what I believe, I don't really believe it. If I really believe something, I'm going to go and act upon that. I, I think I can only imagine it like this. I remember as a child uh, going out at, uh, on, on Halloween evening and one of the people had just left this big thing of, uh, of, of toy cars. It was back when Matchbox cars were huge and, and Matchbox cars everywhere. And they said, take, you know, basically take as many as you want. And, and, and every kid just kind of stood sat there and looked at the basket. Three cars? Three cars? Then finally one kid went up and went, and nobody got shocked, and nobody got tricked. And then before long, we all were diving in. Why? Because when we started believing that it wasn't false, that we were all expecting there to be a shock or a, you know, some kind of a, uh, something to happen. But when we were able to bring it into our lives, it, it, we began to realize, believe what the sign says. Can I tell you, many of you really don't believe that God has a better way for you. Many of you really don't believe that God has a better plan for you because your actions are not matching up to what a believer's life should be. Then we realize when we come to places of decision in our life, what we believe determines the direction that we take at crossroads. There is life-changing power. Now listen to that. There's life-changing what? That's your word for the day. What is that word? Power. When you believe and receive. There's power for the believer when you actually believe what you say you believe. I dare to say this, when you're not walking in the power of the power that God has given you, I'm getting ahead of myself in the sermon, if you're not walking in that, you're not yet actually believing what He's promised. Listen to Mark chapter 
16. Now, let me just set the scene for you. Jesus has been crucified. Jesus is dead. He's been in the grave. He's alive. In Mark chapter 16, we pick up with this. And um, here's what we see. Uh, verse number nine it says, after Jesus rose from the dead early on Sunday morning, the first person who saw him was Mary of, uh, of Magdalene, Mary Magdalene, the woman from whom he had cast out seven demons. Listen, she sees him. She encounters him. She went to the disciples who were grieving and weeping. They believe everything is over. They're believing something that's controlling their action. They're grieving and they're weeping. But when she told them that Jesus was alive and that she had seen him, watch this, they suddenly got up and were excited. No. It's kind of funny. On Wednesday night, I went to say something like that that was not actually what the word said. And it was like the rain went... I was like, okay, God, I'm getting there. But no, they didn't get up. They didn't start changing themselves and preparing for the resurrected king to walk in. The Bible says they didn't believe her. Watch this. Their action didn't change. Pastor Don, it's Easter. You're supposed to be nice today. No, I'm not. It's Easter. I'm supposed to preach to you the gospel of Jesus Christ that will change how you act when you actually believe who God is. It will cause you to leave your grieving and your weeping and your addictions and your struggles and your sins behind because you will believe that Jesus Christ is really alive and really able to change your life. Now watch this. They didn't believe her. Okay, they stayed grieving and weeping. Afterward, he appeared in different form to two of his followers who were walking from Jerusalem into the country. They're going to Emmaus, they, uh, which means uh, Emmaus, the road to Emmaus, means they were headed, uh, actually Emmaus was nowhere. They were literally headed nowhere. They were on a road to where? Nowhere. They rushed back to tell the others, Woo! but no one believed them. Wow. They couldn't bring themselves to stop what they were doing because they did not believe. Let, listen to me. If you're the same this Easter as you were last Easter, the problem is not that you are broken. The problem is that you have not yet believed. You have not believed that God himself, my goodness, I have behaved up until this point, but it, you have not yet accepted the fact that the power of the resurrected king wants to embrace your life and change who you are and change your actions, change the way you walk, the way you talk, where you go, what you've been up to. The resurrection power of Jesus Christ wants to change who you are. Well, religion didn't work for me. Religion will never work for anyone. But I can tell you when you believe in Jesus and you start taking steps of belief in Jesus, everything will change for the glory of God. Amen. Now, I love this next verse, but the problem is we're hard on the disciples because we have the ability to see the end of the story. But when you're in the story, it's more painful. But listen to this. Still later, he appeared to the 11 disciples as they were eating together. He rebuked them for their stubborn unbelief. Their what? Unbelief. Wow. Because those 
who had seen him after he had been raised. They didn't, they refused to believe those who had seen him after the resurrection. Listen to me quickly. This is important. My father had this thing that I don't recommend to anyone. But my father would say, boys, stop. My brother would always torment me and we'd fight. He'd say, boys, I told you to stop. And we'd continue on. Then he'd make these words. Boys, this is the third time I've told you to stop. If you don't stop, when I get you home, I'm going to convince you that you would are going to wish you had stopped. Do you know how many times I wish I had listened to that? Because the problem was we didn't believe him until we got home and he said, go to the meeting place. Go to the meeting place. And I was like, but daddy, I was good after you told us to stop. He said, not the first time, not the second time. He said, the only time you got good is when you realize you were about to pay for not being good. He said, boy, I told you. Can I tell you the problem? I think there's something about the way that my dad raised children that has been lost in this generation because I would beg him, plead him, dad, I don't want to go there, but listen to me. But all of a sudden, my dad would cry tears and then put his arms around us afterwards and love us and set us back up. But listen to me, my children, they do not understand such a father. I will leave the house and say this. When I get home, this living room better be clean. Not one parent said amen. You missed your opportunity. I said, when I get home, this living room better be clean. And when I get home, I want you to know I have never walked into a sparkling living room. I guarantee you it's always dirtier than when I left. And I'm like... Why did you not believe me? I t- oh, you were serious? <laughs> Do you know why they think I was not serious? Because I then began to clean the living room myself. I angrily start throwing stuff away and griping and complaining, and they don't see any form of actually believing dad because dad is not going to enforce this in any form, fashion, or way. I believe that same way that Jesus said. He said, I've told you for three and a half years they're going to kill me. I've told you for three and a half years that they're going to put me in the ground. I've told you that after three days, I'm going to get up and I'm going to show back up here and and you're going to see me again. Why, when you've had two other people come and tell you he did what he said he was going to do, why are you still sitting here grieving and weeping? Why? Because you struggle and you are bound in unbelief. Because if they had believed what he said, he said on the way 
way up here. I stopped the caravan. I looked at you and I said, hey guys, when I get there, they're going to arrest me. They're going to try me. They're going to crucify me. They're going to kill me. I'm going to go to the grave. But three days later, I'm going to come find you. Take hope. Take joy. And he said, what part of that did you miss? Here I am. Why are you not ready? Can I tell you something today? The Bible tells me that I will go through tough days. In this world, we will have many trials. We will have many tribulations, but take heart. You see, if I actually believed what Jesus told me, I wouldn't be sitting around grieving and weeping saying, oh, where is my God? I would be standing up waiting to see the salvation and the deliverance of the King of glory. Now, here's the part that a lot of pastors won't read on Easter. And he told them, this group of unbelievers, now you go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. I'm thinking, I would have probably just told Mary and the two that believed him. But he looks at the unbelievers and says, now you go. You do it. Because, watch this. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. Uh-oh, this is where most pastors don't want to go on Easter. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new tongues, new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. Now look, I didn't tell you to go grab a snake. Talking about like when one attacked Paul. If they will drink any deadly poisonous. It will not hurt them. I'm talking about the same kind of poison that they poisoned uh, the family's well in coming Georgia because there was a woman preaching the gospel there and nobody wanted a woman to preach the gospel there. So they poisoned her well and then sat and watched as she would go and drink out of that well. And as they watched her drink from that well, not only did she not get sick, her children get, didn't get sick, but God continued to prosper her. God continued to bless her. Now listen to me. That's the kind of God that I want you to understand he comes up and he shows up and he says listen those of you who struggle with your unbelief I chose you don't you feel it this morning you may not be perfect you may not have it all together but he chose us he chose us why watch this as when the Lord Jesus had finished talking with him he was taken up into heaven and he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand and now notice what the unbelievers did and the disciples went everywhere and preached and the Lord worked through them confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. Watch what he said to them there. He said, look guys, you're going to be able to do supernatural things and you're not going to have to accomplish this in the natural. Why? He said, because you are unbelievers. Let me say it again. You are unbelievers. I deal with unbelief. I pray the prayer all the time. Lord, help my unbelief. He said, look, this is where you are. I know who you are, but yet I still have chosen you. Why? Because what you need is a bridge from your unbelief to belief. And he said, now what you don't understand and what you don't get in this story is that in verse number 14, when they're in hiding all the way down to verse number 20, when they begin to preach the gospel with signs and wonders, two things had happened. When he walked with the two on the way to nowhere, he gathered them in close and he, he did this. It's a little freaky, but he did this. He went, Whoo. a little strange. Somebody walks up to me and goes, Whoo. I'm going to hope they have a mint. 
But he comes, and then he says these words to them, and I feel this burning in my soul. He says, receive ye what? The Holy Spirit. You see, the problem is this. The bridge that you need is not something that you can build in the natural. It's something that God has to build in the supernatural. Pastor Don, I've tried. I've tried to get from here to there. I can't get over this problem. I can't get over this addiction. I can't get over this grieving. I can't get over this weeping. I'll never get to the other side. But the problem is the obstacle is real. But what you don't understand is there's a thing called faith in the power of the Holy Ghost that causes a bridge to be built from where you are to where he's called you to be and you miss the power of Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8 and Acts chapter 1 verse number 8 says this but you shall there's that word again you shall receive what power it's like you preached back to me for a minute help me with that but you shall receive what power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem throughout Judea in Samaria and even to the ends of the earth do you see the problem is this we've been trying to get across the problem in the natural he said your natural will never be enough but he said I will endue you with a supernatural power from on high that will take unbelievers and make them people of action and make them people of anointing and make them people who are able to go where they could not go on their own and you will overcome oh pastor Don you don't understand how bound my family is no you don't understand how bound my family was but thanks be to God in Columbus Georgia God saved their soul filled them with the Holy Ghost and this same spirit according to Romans 8 this same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now lives inside of all of us working what we can't do on our own. Amen. Thank you for behaving yourself. If you got a little bit more excited, I might just get excited when I preach this morning because you don't understand. We read this like this. Oh, and someday, just as God raised Christ from the dead, he's going to get my body up by the same spirit that, that he raised Christ from the dead. If you'll put it in context, it's not talking about someday. It's talking about what you can't do today. It says your natural cannot find victory today, but the same spirit that looked at a dead body and raised it from the grave now is working inside of you and you can overcome when you embrace the power of the Holy Spirit. Why don't you give that kind of God a praise like he deserves this morning? I have decided to give you an Easter present. I still just almost through the introduction. You see, I'm supposed to talk for a while about the bridge. And the bridge is a wonderful message. But here's what I need you to understand. Freedom is found when we stop believing the lie of sin. And we start believing the truth of Christ. Pastor Paul did not have a clue that this was going to be in my notes. We did not discuss this when he wrote that song. And he said maybe just a little bit. But it says that we need to understand that the truth Weighs more than the lie. You've been giving too much weight to the lie in your life. That's the lie that tells you you'll never change. That your family will never have freedom. That you're going to have the same addictions and problems and struggles and bondages that everybody else before you has had. <laughs> what did you just say? Oh, 
I don't know if I can say it quite like she said it. She said it to that South Georgia. Mm-mm. No. No. Believe ye in the delivering power of Jesus Christ. Believe that what you cannot do on your own, the Holy Spirit wants to do inside of you. Your problem is you've been trying to paint yourself pretty long enough. Let Him wash you in the blood. Let Him cover you in His delivering power and let Him fill you with the power. Let Him fill you with what? The power of the Holy Spirit. That's the power that the next time you reach for that sin, the power of the Holy Spirit says, you're better than that. That's not who you are anymore. You're pastivo, a high better image of yourself begins to take over. Why? Because it's not you trying to be somebody. It's you trying to live up to the calling of the Spirit of God inside of you. Amen. What changed the disciples? What changed the disciples? Do you know what the greatest evidence to the resurrection is? The greatest evidence to the resurrection. Are you ready for this? When unbelievers become believers. Pastor Don, do you really believe this stuff? Yeah. I've studied it. Do you realize that the evidence to the fact that Jesus came, Jesus lived, Jesus rose from the dead could not be contained, the the actual evidence could not be contained in this room. People will tell you that this is silly to believe. But if you were to take it and stack it end upon end, it would reach from the ground to the sky and keep on going. If I want to look at it in a scholarly form, I am forced to understand that Jesus is alive. But I'm not looking at it even in that today. The greatest evidence that Jesus is alive is he took a group of unbelieving disciples who were broken and hurting and he walked among them and he said these words. He says, believe what I tell you. If you really believe what I tell you, you wouldn't be sitting here like this. Now go. Get up to Jerusalem and wait for the promise I've already told you that's coming. Because it's the only thing that's going to change who you are. Pastor Don, you're just preaching this spirit-filled life. So I'm guilty. I'm guilty. That's the Holy Spirit of God that's going to work the change inside of us. You can't rescue your family on your own, but the power of someone praying in the Spirit can change everything. You'll never get better in the natural, but when the supernatural shows up, there's health and there's hope and there's victory. Pastor Don, why do you believe this? Because you may not understand it, but you're sitting around some pretty messed up people. And you're listening to one right now. We weren't supposed to be worshiping. We were supposed to be broken and wounded and weary and done and through. Life's trash. But yet, He encountered us. 
The disciples would never be the same after they encountered the resurrected king and began to believe. They would take the one disciple out. They would tie him with one limb to each of uh, four horses and send the horses in four different directions, one to the north, south, east, and west. And, and he, would, he would die declaring Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead. They would take Peter, who had denied he even knew him. And history tells us and he begged them on the way to the cross. He said, do not crucify me the same way as my Lord. I am not worthy to die in the same manner. So they would flip him upside down, crucify him upside down. And Peter would die declaring, Jesus is Lord. I think the most interesting one of all is the unbeliever famous in history as Doubting Thomas. Once he encountered him, they would take him to a faraway continent. There he would preach the gospel. They would take a curved instrument called a fuller's club and they would embed it into his head and begin to literally smash his brain until he, he finally succumbed to the blows and the entire time he made one declaration, Jesus is Lord. Can I tell you what I'm really looking for? Pastor Don, what do you hope it happens in this series? I'm looking for some people that come what may, that ha no matter what happens in our world and no matter what you get in the mailbox, no matter who says something to you, no matter who doesn't say something to you, no matter if it's a good day or a bad day, they'll still be found standing. They'll still be found believing. They'll still be found declaring that Jesus Christ is Lord and He's risen from the dead. Can anybody help me with that kind of declaration? Stand to your feet and declare with me today Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord of all. I want you to bow your heads quickly in this place. The service is about to be a thing of the past. You're going to move forward into the rest of your day. But don't you leave this environment that's ripe with the presence of the Holy Spirit. We're going to be preaching this series as we... As literally, we are pointing toward Pentecost. As the day of Pentecost is just ahead of us, end of May, we're pointing toward the fact that you have to believe in the power of what God wants to do in you and through you. We believe in Jesus. And He believes in you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, those watching online, God's speaking to you just as much right where you are. No matter what campus you're in right now, God's speaking to you right where you are. If you're on your home, wherever you are, those listening, God's speaking to you. This is our hour of declaration. Your action, what you do from this point, will determine what you really believe. Do you really believe what you say you believe? Do you really believe that you can trust your life to Jesus, entrust yourself into His hands, and become a better version of who you are? I feel the Holy Ghost. Be here today and you say, Pastor Don, I need the Holy Spirit to empower me to overcome the areas that I have not been walking in the victory of belief. I want to pray with you. Let me see your hand. If you're in this place, hold your hands up high. Hold your hands up high. Literally, hands going up all around this building. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you. You can put those down. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Just one more moment. I want to ask you something very, very significant. If you're here today and you would say, Pastor, I truly have never believed before that Jesus is Lord. And listen to me. Some of you have families and you have, you have children that, that 
the only hope they have is going to be to see the radical change that happens in you. But how many of you would declare with me today that have never given their life to Christ that today, on this Easter Sunday, you want to surrender your heart and soul to Jesus Christ as Lord of your life. If that's you, I didn't embarrass the others who raised their hand. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I want to see your hand right where you are. Would you hold it up high in the air? I want to pray with you today. Pray that you would surrender your heart and your soul to Jesus Christ on this day. Thank you. I see that hand. Is there another? Is there another? We'll join with these many now between these two services. Thank you, ma'am. I see that. Is there another? I'm looking around the room. Pastor Don, you're waiting on me? No, no. But yes, I see that young man. I, I'm not waiting on you. I'm waiting on what God is doing in this place. He's able to do everything. Thank you. I see that on the back row back there. Are there others? Quickly, I see your hands. Hallelujah, if you're online, you just type, that's me. I believe, I believe, I believe. All right, we're going to pray a prayer with these that have responded today. This is their time. This is their moment. I'm just going to ask one more time. Is there anyone who has not yet made this declaration that wants to declare today Jesus as their personal Savior? Quickly, I'm looking around. Your hand's not going up yet. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Are there others? Thank you, Jesus. This is what the Bible says. We've said it all morning. If you openly declare that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you would be saved. You would be born again. So today we're going to pray this prayer with you. I want to ask everyone watching, everyone present, to pray this out loud with us now at this time. Let's pray that with these making this walk of faith as they cross the bridge from being lost to being born again. In Jesus' name, let's pray together. Jesus... By faith, I declare that you are Lord, and you are the Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. You see my life, the good and the bad. I give it all to you, and in Jesus' name, I confess from this moment forward that I will serve you all the days of my life. Father, I thank you for those that have made that commitment today to know Jesus. My goodness. My goodness. my goodness. I feel the Holy Spirit. I don't remember the last time that I felt to stop right here at this point and tell you that someone who just gave their life to Christ, you mark my words, the difference in you is going to start a revival in your family and they shall know the Lord in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I pray for all who have said, help my unbelief. Lord, let's just pray that together. Lord, help our unbelief that we might have the right action that, that, that declares to the world Jesus is alive. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.